Welcome to the Chosen Brew Beer Podcast. This is the podcast which normally we talk through the six beers that changed everything. But in this episode, I decided to check in with one of the very first guests from the Chosen Brew, the editor-creator of Froth Magazine, Emily Day. We talk through lots of different things, advertising in a physical magazine and the importance of that, the outlook for the craft beer scene over the coming months, and also we talked about the importance of independent journalism and the challenges of keeping Froth Magazine alive. That's perhaps where you can help out. So I really enjoyed this chat with Emily. Not an episode as normal, but really valuable. Let's get into it. Emily Day. When you were originally on the Chosen Brew podcast, I think you were in the first five episodes of the Chosen Brew. You very unwittingly agreed to come on to a podcast which was unproven and unknown, um, relatively, it's still relatively unknown, but well done if you're listening now. Um, one of the chosen few. Um, when you came on uh, the podcast, one of the questions I provocatively asked you was, uh, print media is dead. Why are you putting a print magazine out Fair question. in the modern world? Question now, Dan. <laughs> can I, yeah, can I just ask that question again? Print media is dead. Is the pandemic going to kill it? Um, well, let's start with your first assertion that print media is dead. <laughs> um, I don't think that's correct. I think print media is challenging um, because people don't want to pony up for ads anymore, which is generally how print media has been funded um, because now you can just sling 50 bucks to Mark Zuckerberg and help him build his evil empire and um, get a Facebook ad or or you can uh, ask um, Instagram influencers to post about your beer instead. Um so there's all, you know, or whatever, there's all these other ways that people are marketing their products. And so it does become trickier for people like me to approach businesses and ask for their advertising because um, also, unfortunately, so many publications these days do um, sponsored content, which to me, I would rather stab myself in the eye than publish a word of sponsored content because that is that's junk mail. Um, is... But t- tell us a bit more about that. What, <laughs> well, I have very cons- strong feelings because... about this. So I, you know, like I studied journalism. I've worked in journalism for about 12 years now. So you, you keep your content and you keep your advertising separate because otherwise how can anyone trust anything that you say? If people can pay me to say a thing, then I'm a, I'm a marketer. I'm, I'm not a journalist. Um, so that's always been – and, and – it's always when you know when you read sponsored content and you just feel slightly disgusting, like you're bathing <laughs> in dirty water or something. Is that just me? And like I was reading this profile on this uh, musician in, you know, I can't one of those online things. I don't know what it was, but um, and then she kept talking about like her brand of shoes, and I'm like. Okay, so clearly this is just about selling the shoes. The publication doesn't give a shit about this woman's music or what drives her. It's just clearly said you need to mention these shoes like five times during it. And to me, that's a complete waste of space. You've just wasted everyone's time. It's 
it's dishonest. Um, like it's sneaky and I know that's why they do it because it's um, mask. It's yeah, it's, it's advertising masquerading as content. And I think that it underestimates the reader. It implies that the reader is so thick that they, that they're like, Oh, I love this musician. I'm going to read about her. Oh, she really likes those shoes. Crazy. Do you think that there's, um, there's an interesting thing here in terms of beer because independence in beer seems to be hugely important to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but you're, what you're talking about here is independence of independent journalism, isn't it? It's about yeah. keeping the content of what you write independent from nefarious uh, sources or money <laughs> coming in. Yeah. So independent not just independent beer but independent and independent beer should be maybe thinking about are they unfairly influencing people perhaps do you think the responsibility lies with the journalist or does the responsibility lie with a brewery or a business well i think that businesses are going to do whatever they can to sell the beer especially as it gets more crowded so um i don't think that (laughs) i've come to learn that the world of craft beer is not as as pure and wholesome as we might think it is and that they might do nefarious things to can sell you, their can beer. you give examples <laughs> no <I'm only> <laughs> um yeah it's not all sunshine and rainbows but um um i guess i think that the reason that people do really enjoy froth and we've got you know very passionate readers and our readership is going up and um, yeah, even during the pandemic, I thought we were just going to have to cut it out, but, um, where, uh, we had two months where we dropped our printing run a little bit due to ad sales dipping down, but, um, like the demand has gone back up. So we're back up to our usual, um, print run and it goes out all around Australia and I get lovely people writing in emails because I think, or they like the fact that it's, that there's no bullshit and, um, yeah, I guess it's journalism without the um well I don't know if you call it journalism I mean that's probably something I think more (laughs) something that would be more like investigative or worthwhile but I mean it's it's right it's content without some some shitty PR hack telling me what to write sorry I'm also really pissed because the amount of press releases I get that are so poorly written and uninteresting i just want to rewrite them i'm just like you're not selling your story very well you're boring me so um anyway so sorry i think what i was trying to say is that i'll be trying to sell ads to finance the magazine and then um companies whether it's a brewery or a venue they'll go oh what what do we have to pay to get an article and i'm like oh no we don't do that and they're like oh you know we'd really love some content and i'm like well send me through your press release and if i think it's cool i'll write about it like and to them, it, like, it's very foreign that an editor would choose not to write about something. And then it's also weird because – so I'll be like, oh, we don't do sponsored content, but you can buy an ad. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, no thanks. So either, the, you know, I have to write an article in the way that they want and that's kind of the only option. So that to me is super frustrating because can you imagine a froth where it's just like PR stuff the whole way through? I would not read. Well, that. it would cease to become. Yeah, it would cease to. You say. You, you know. You you said that it's. It might not be journalism, but I think you've actually proved in that example that it is, because 
if it wasn't, then it'd be completely worthless. It's like picking up a, a pamphlet, an advertising yeah. leaflet or something. It would be completely devoid of any real content. It's one of the reasons I, I, I have never taken advertising money for, for this show is you know uh, independence kind of matters i'm lucky enough to be in a situation where i don't have to take um money to fund it but there is that yeah kind of ickiness about um taking money for something you know a positive review um how do you feel about delivering the virtues of advertising and froth because i think that froth magazine because of its journalistic content because people have it in their hands because they're going to be um reading it like so much of what we consume online is tailored to us but in froth you're going to be exposed to stories or to features or to um advertising which you wouldn't necessarily be exposed to and so there are definite advantages aren't there to advertising with with a a solid physical magazine rather yeah. than online which is you're just going to scroll past i i think so i mean like like if i'm scrolling through facebook or instagram and i see an ad i don't linger over it like i feel slightly annoyed that because it's in my feed and i'm like i just want to see my friends and the people that i'm following like who, who are you and and often facebook stuff is so bizarrely incorrect i had one the other day well first i just started getting all this stuff like accessories for larger ladies and i'm like come on mate like just i don't need those thigh chafing underpants like and then (laughs) and then it started and then i got one for like oh a pair of underpants for men who've had prostate surgery and then i had an ad for a quasi white supremacist facebook group And I'm just like, Facebook, that, you're reading me wrong. That's just basically down to what you've been searching online, isn't it? <laughs> just prostate knickers and, you know, white supremacy. So I was just, I'm just, yeah. So what I'm saying is those ads suck. Whereas I find that people, um, they enjoy and appreciate the advertising in Froth because it's like, ooh, that's a new beer from Kaiju or whatever. So it is relevant to their interests. And the ads that we get are often really beautiful and brightly colored, like, you know, your co-conspirators ones, it's something that you do actually want to look at. You can tell it's an ad straight away. Um, it's something that you might want to buy. It'll usually be like for a new beer. So it is something that's interesting to you. And um, for the, from the advertiser's point of view, I think it's good because this is in a magazine that's going to hang around in someone's home. And yeah, it's not just something you're strong, um, scrolling past. It's, yeah, it's a physical thing that is going to be staring at people and it's um a four size as opposed to like a tiny little ad so I think you know everyone's like very keen to evolve and you know new media and social media and stuff but when I give people froth like they touch it and they make weird noises they're like ooh, I like the feel of the paper and then they smell it and they're like oh fresh paper and so people get this real thrill out of this physical thing and whereas people are trying really hard to spend less time on their screens, less time on social media, they feel uncomfortable because it's run by like megalomaniacs who also allow terrorists to live stream shootings or misinformation to multiply. And um, yeah, we don't do any of that in Frost. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if new and online and 
you know, newfangled is, sorry, I know I'm sounding like either a baby boomer or my grandmother, but I don't know if that's always better. And um, yeah, people people dig a bit of old fashioned stuff. So yay for us, print media's think- not dead. Woo! <laughs> well, I think that that point about it hanging around in your home is uh, I've got lots of old editions of Froth. Yeah. And I'll occasionally pick them up and flick through them. And those brands who are advertising in it, uh, I do kind of feel, you know, nostalgic and affectionate for. Yeah. Um, so it kind of proves that perhaps, you know, a three year old edition of Froth, that advertising isn't dead after. Uh, you know two or three months yeah it's it's still alive because it's physically printed whereas the social media it is dead you put your ad ad up for a certain amount of time and then it's gone yeah and I know that advertisers don't really like to talk about the long game (laughs) it's all about you know shifting things quickly yeah but I think there is something if you're uh, if you take a long-termist point of view then you do have to kind of think you know how do you weave yourself into the fabric of the craft beer community in an authentic and Mm. genuine way that is you know speaks to I think there's also something nice about somebody advertising in 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 a free craft beer magazine which is um a value to the community you know it's even if they don't if they buy a if somebody buys an ad in froth even if they don't make that all of that money back they're supporting something which helps support the wider community. And that is only going to benefit everybody in the broad scheme of things. I think it's kind of just a nice thing to do, you know, not not necessarily just to advertise to get your money back. And I know that's why I don't run a business. <laughs> 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 because I'd just give all the money away. But the, there's something about um, kind of, you know, if you don't have that media that surrounds, you know, it's it, it, the, if the breweries are the, the fish, then the media is the water that it needs to swim in. You know, you need to have enough of that for it to, you know, make that community. Don't know if that's a good analogy, a but su- su- Sunday morning. I'm going to write all of these down because I'm terrible at selling ads and because that, that's just <laughs> not in my nature. It's not something I've ever done before. And I... I'm very bad at it and um so that would I'll write that down because that would have been very useful the other day when I I approached quite a large um not a brewery but a like a beer company and asked them if they'd like to advertise and they they were like oh you know we're not sure about our return on investment and I was just like because my also because my ad sale my ad prices are so hilariously small I'm like come on mate like I spend, I would spend this much on beer in like a month. It's, it just kind of really frustrated me. Like, well, I mean, like Frost is very much like it's, it's almost like a month to month thing, like in terms of its survival, like it's not guaranteed to last until Christmas, you know? So it just kind of, it is very much like a monthly struggle to get that money to pay the printer and, you know, postage and distrib- distribution and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it can be frustrating when, um, especially like um, beer, like bottle shops and online beer sellers who are maybe doing quite well during the pandemic because everyone's buying stuff online are, are still just like, yeah, nah, you know, we won't, we won't um, advertise with you and you just kind of feel like you're just hitting brick walls. But um, anyway, 
I feel like I've talked a lot about that, but it is. <laughs> I guess when I started Froth, I was just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to be writing about beer. And then I didn't realize how much of my time would be spent trying to finance it, um, which was also very naive of me as uh, someone who's never started a business before. So yeah, if you're going to start your own business, <laughs> think about where the money's going to come from because it doesn't just materialize. It is so important to have a, a, a platform for different voices as well within the mm. industry. And yeah. Um, and yeah, I suppose it does come down to the, you know, return on figures and things. But I, I just think at this stage in Australia, in the craft beer sector, that it just benefits everybody to broaden the market. Um, there's so many challenges from big breweries and, and to have a, a platform which is accessible from a price point um, for smaller breweries. Uh, yeah. Um, why not do that? Um, but yeah. We've talked about that a lot. So the, the moral of the story is advertise with profit. I was going to say the moral of the this, story is don't ask um, me about advertising because, um, yeah, I would. I feel I, like you, I would love I just, to not have, I would love to just be able to make it and not think about the money because then, yeah, it's just so awkward as well. So, um, yeah, I'm still waiting for that fairy godmother to just, you know, throw a few million dollars on me so I can not have to think about that. Can I just point out that the the last uh, fifteen minutes of our conversation was not sponsored content by Froth? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, look, I'll slip you fifty bucks if it helps, man. Yeah, no, look, I I think it's I'll buy you a uh, I think it's tea. really important. Well, yeah, uh, that would be very appreciated. Appreciated. <laughs> no, I do think as well because you're not selling. the The point is, is that you're not selling Froth magazine. It's a yes. free publication. You know, yeah. it's uh, and I think that's a critical thing as well. Uh, if you're giving something away, then that just has, you know, there's, there's no barrier to entry to, to getting it. Like podcasts, it's free. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to chip anything in, but it, it is, you know, these things don't survive unless people do. Yeah. Um, so um, how do you think everybody's kind of fared in the pandemic? Because you just hinted on it there that actually breweries are doing not as badly as perhaps was feared. Yeah, I guess I can't speak for everyone, but obviously it's so different depending on your brewery model. Like um, uh, we've got like Tallboy and Moose near me in Preston and they were very much based on the um, – they didn't have a lot of packaged beer, so it was, yeah, selling it on tap over the brewery. Um, so then they had to quickly pivot to um, getting like mobile canners in so they could can a lot of beers. And But then, you, you know, you see bottle shops um, – are doing yeah just as well or or better because the uh yeah people are drinking a lot which I'm kind of concerned about but <laughs> so it's so hard kind of commenting on this industry because it's like oh it's really great you know these people are doing well because Australians are drinking really heavily during the pandemic so <laughs> it's a bit of a um complex issue but um yeah it's good to hear anecdotally people saying oh yeah actually um you know we can't keep up keep up with demand because um people are because there's really nothing going on there's nothing to look forward to so people are getting excited about new releases and they're no, I was gonna say queuing up for it but I guess doing the online version of that and just um yeah really and I think uh Crafty Pint had that um like support local or keep India Alive campaign that I think was really good as well just to keep uh it in people's minds that um if you do have a job and you still got income, um, yeah, support your local business. 
definitely not saying that it's fine for everyone because I know a lot, especially, you know, with venues and staff are struggling. But yeah, I, I guess the fact that people are still consuming the same amount, if not more, means that there's still a lot of sales happening. Yeah, I think everybody's at a bare minimum is finding out a lot about themselves and find out finding out a lot about their business capability and um, and how quickly they can move to match the market and demands and so on it it is kind of difficult to see particularly pubs obviously with high rents and and things like that to um you know be i know my local pub is down to kind of operating four hours per day where they're doing food and um and tap fills it's pretty that seems pretty difficult uh when you've kind of definitely not signed up for that um model but as with all good things in Australia, we're very Melbourne-centric. <laughs> so, but, you know, and obviously at the time of recording, we're in a stage four lockdown uh, with a curfew. How do you think things are going to evolve and how we get out of this? Because you you should know, <laughs> right? You know, I, was, I was chatting with Dan Andrews this morning. Um, I'm hoping that in two weeks' time or just over two weeks that we're going to go back to stage three, which I think of as the lockdown where you're allowed to see your mum and stay out after eight o'clock. But, yeah, I think obviously as we've seen with Dan Andrews in Victoria so far, he's been super cautious. So I I don't think that they're going to be like, go out. You know, the whole get on the beers thing. I really, like, we really thought that that was going to happen midwinter. We were like, all right, you know, we've done our six weeks or whatever the first lockdown was. I can't remember. It was ages ago. You know, we've done our time. Numbers have gone down. We're good. And then the day before they're about to, we thought they're about to say get on the beers, the whole kind of hotel quarantine thing blew up and it's like, ah, the numbers have gone back up. We're going back into lockdown. And then midway through the second lockdown, I think they told us that we're going down into the stage four lockdown. So we've kind of just been going deeper and deeper into our own lounge room. So I think it will be, I think it will be a slow, a very slow easing of restrictions here. And it's, it's so hard to comment on because as we were discussing before, you know, so many businesses are hurting because of it, but then you look at the numbers of deaths overseas and you go, oh, well, I don't want that to happen. You know, every every time they post the numbers of deaths and, you know, you think of people who died also kind of in that horrible way, you know, maybe not being able to breathe or something and think about these people in aged care homes dying in that way. It's, it's horrible. So you don't want those numbers to go up. So, yeah, I kind of think that we might be having Zoom parties and, you know, <laughs> this kind of interaction for a little while, but... Um, yeah, I was, I was doing okay. And I think it was lockdown one where you could have up to five people in your house. So, you know, we might have like one friend over and we'd have a beer together and that just felt, you know, like it felt so much more normal. So hopefully that will be a stage that we will be back in soon. But, um, yeah, I, I can't see it being normal before Christmas. But then again, who bloody knows with this thing? This is all unprecedented to use that horrible word. And I, I feel like <laughs> it reminds me a lot of how people talked like during World War Two. like, oh, it'll all be over by Christmas. You know, I heard that like the Germans are really, you know, they don't have the the artillery that we thought, you know, it'll be fine. And that was like in 1939 they were saying that. So I just think that 
it is kind of dangerous to be uh, kind of complacent and think this is going to be over soon because it is kind of, it is a really weird thing to happen. We can't pick where it's going to go. I think that's the hard thing, isn't it? Is that the the end is isn't in sight. Yeah. Like there's no end in sight. And yeah, you can't uh, you can't mark it you off your have calendar to, or. Yeah, you kind of have to trick yourself to think. Well, oh, there there is an end in sight. <laughs> Something will change. Something <laughs> yeah. will happen. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely been a. I think you know, in terms of you talked before about potentially people drinking more at home. I think obviously because people can't drink in the pub. Um, yeah. You know, they're having those four or five pints they might have had in the pub. They're having maybe them at home, yep. um, which obviously increases things. But it's it's also the when we come out of this is perhaps the nature of um, you know certainly the impact on mental health and things like that is a, is an issue. But also, I think the way that we do, you know, I certainly have reflected and think about how appreciative I I am of those social events that yeah you know the the how important they are in terms of um you know in terms of your overall health and i think um perhaps that we need to you know reassess what we do in that space and and also the social interaction online is is great to a point <laughs> it's like it's not quite it's really same. nice yeah. yeah like it's really nice talking to you now yeah. um but you know it would be great if i could have physically made you a cup of tea <laughs> which, which I wasn't able to do it would have been nice yeah I really miss hugging my friends and um yeah it I hope that we do stay grateful for a long time afterwards of having time with our friends because it's weird that it feels so odd to have that removed from us that's never happened before to have that removed for such a long time tell us about um bit more about froth magazine because i know one of the uh stalwarts of froth magazine clint weaver is has been sacked was he sacked (laughs) what what happened Uh, no did he have some sort of terrible outburst online that he had to be (laughs) sacked for did he uh you know accept money for sponsored contents of limley (laughs) what happened no that's very much not the case. So um, Clint is an absolute angel and he has been working for Froth since our inception in late 2015. Um, I actually met him in a bar just before I was about to start Froth and I was rabbiting on about this beer magazine I was going to start. And then the next day, he he must have got my email. He emailed me, obviously, and said, um, can I design your magazine for you? And uh, I was like, sure. And so, yeah, it was just, so he was studying design at the time and he really wanted to get into designing beer labels and stuff. So it was just kind of absolutely magical that I'd met him and he's absolutely shaped the look and feel of Froth over the years and done like, I don't know how many amazing covers for us. And lately he's been getting very busy doing beer labels, which is fantastic. So he's designing for the co-conspirators. So he's made all those wonderful characters on the co-conspirators beer labels. He's doing stuff for Thunder Road. Um, he did Ballistic's new uh, makeover look. Um, well, he's also become involved with the Fizz and Hop bottle shop in Mooney Ponds and their Holmes Hall venue next door, which was supposed to open this year but hasn't opened yet thanks to the pandemic. So, yeah, he is basically extremely busy and Frost is a pretty big commitment 
and a badly paid commitment. So <laughs> we had a chat and he was like, look, you know, I'm super busy with everything and I'm like, awesome, let's, um, yeah. So tell us about the people coming through who are going to fill that void that Prince uh, left. <laughs> well, at the moment it's me um, using my expert design skills. So apologies for this coming edition of Froth. Um, is it is it going to look like Microsoft Publisher from like 2001 or something? Or, it's entirely like, done in we... Microsoft Paint, yes. And <laughs> there will be a heavy use of Comic Sans. And, and word shadow. art. Please tell me there's some word <laughs> art. In I've got an absolute disgraceful love for like a drop shadow or an inner glow. You know, all that stuff that you just shouldn't touch. Yeah. And also, I, I love the the word when you can make a word look like a smile. That's oh, my... Yeah. <laughs> it's all going to look like a primary school invitation to a fate. So enjoy that. Excellent. All, all in common, Comic Sans as well. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. So I did just like, I had a designer contact me online saying, um, asking if I needed a designer. So, but yeah, just the awkward thing is the inability to pay someone properly. So that's, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Otherwise it might just be me, but, um, yeah, but I guess more importantly is I think the content is pretty fabulous this month. I really would love to talk about that. So our next edition, uh, which is September, comes out September 1. Oh, I think we'll get it delivered tomorrow from the printers, actually. I'm pretty excited. Uh, the edition theme is Treat Yourself because I just felt, um, as, as we were saying before, um, midway through stage four, we were all doing very well and, you know, stiff upper lip and then we all just started crying. Uh, so it was kind of like a, you know, don't beat yourself up, like take care of yourself, buy yourself something nice. So it's kind of an addition about just taking care of yourself. And, but I was a bit troubled by the, the truth, the inconvenient truth that you shouldn't really drink alcohol when you're sad. So that's very hard when you're running a beer magazine to mention that. So anyway, basically I did write a three page feature on how to treat yourself that doesn't mention beer at all. So it's just other nice things you can do for yourself. Um, and then we've got like some treat beers you can buy and um, craft beer subscriptions, you know, like the beer boxes. We go through a lot of those. And we've got an absolutely beautiful cover by Corey Harbrow. He's done a lot of fun covers for us. Um, he did this uh, really cute picture of a dog wearing a hoodie and just looking at all these treats. <laughs> There's like a cat and a steak and uh, ice cream and a TV. And so it's just kind of, just, I just want to kind of give my readers a bit of a hug. <laughs> That's the purpose of this edition. So, yeah, hopefully people enjoy it. And um, I feel like maybe people in Queensland might not get it because they're all at the beach having a great time and looking bronzed and fit. <laughs> Whereas we're all down here, you know, sun deprived from our one hour in the sun with our masks on and, you know, weeping into our porridge. So, yeah, hopefully the people in other more free states um, enjoy it too. And if people want to contribute to Froth, you know, if there if there are designers out there or or people, you know, who clearly you've got a rigorous interview process, which is, you know, <laughs> sending you an email and then getting to design a whole magazine <laughs> the following day. <laughs> yeah. 
that's but, but let, let's let's point out clint clint did have the goods didn't he you've got to have the goods you yeah. won't let anybody just come along and contribute but if people are interested should they should they get in contact oh look i love it when people get in touch with me and yeah we just get the loveliest emails from people and yeah we've got some new writers in our edition coming out tomorrow um yeah people who are I especially love it like this um, young lady got in touch with me and she's like, oh, I'm over in in Perth. You know, I'd love to write about WA beers. And for me, that's really exciting because we we don't get all of the WA beers coming over here. So I feel like there's this whole scene going over there, you know, around the Margaret River and whatnot that we don't really have a handle on and they're making really cool stuff. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'd love that. So she's written some cool stuff for us and, um, yeah, kind of get people popping up from all around the country who are really passionate about beer and are for the most part really good writers so um yeah it gives me a real thrill so email me if you want to write something because I'm I'm sick of reading my own writing as well <laughs> yeah and and also if you do email uh don't be sad if it doesn't make the publication because the standards are high so uh. So I just want to put that caveat in there because don't be disappointed if it doesn't get in because just just try harder. Uh, <laughs> well, I've, I've actually been surprised by the stuff we get sent in is generally of a really high quality. It's, yeah, pe- people are really good and they'll often come up with an angle that I wouldn't have thought of or have a really interesting personal story. So, yeah, it's, it's generally been really, really good to have people um, approach me, so... Come at me with your ideas, Emily at frothbeer.com. And I think it's also a great, you know, there's there's been some time. I feel like I've been busier than I ever have been during lockdown, um, for one reason or another. I know at the start of lockdown, everybody was learning the guitar and uh, Mandarin, and uh, <laughs> I just haven't. I've struggled to keep my head above water doing the basic things. So it's been. And I feel lucky for that, I must say, that of being very busy. Um, but I think that, there, yeah, there's people who will be uh, reassessing their career or reassessing their, their outlook and reflecting. It's, it's a, we both create something uh, for people in the wider world to consume. And it it's rewarding, isn't it? People should, if they're thinking about, you know, creating, putting a I was going to say a blog. Do people still people still have blogs? I think they, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're, still, they're probably just on TikTok. You know, you, they're like six second long you, things. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Look, if you're thinking about creating, um, you know, people should do it. You know, it's uh, you know, it, it, the hardest thing is actually putting it out in the world. You must have had many anxious times putting getting Froth Magazine together and meeting timelines and all all that stress. Uh, how many times have you thought? Is this really worth it? Oh, Should every it month. Just stop. <laughs> every month at around three AM when I'm probably the either the day before deadline or two days after deadline and I still haven't finished it. And I'm just like so tired. And I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> and then it comes out and I'm like, Oh my new baby, it's so beautiful. So um Oh yeah, no, definitely. Every every month, I mentally quit. It is your baby as well, isn't it? Because you do this for the love of it. It's not your main source of income. It's not your it's, job. It's not a source of income at all. Um. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I remember somebody said to me, "Oh, so you, obviously you do this full time. <laughs> make make twelve podcasts a year full time." 
and just spend the rest yeah, of the time collecting all the money that's rolling in. Yeah. Or print, giving away magazines for free. <laughs> yeah. No, people ask me that a lot, you know, so this is your main, your your job, right? And it's like, no. Um, when I was about, I feel like I was about, oh, maybe I was about 10. Like, I made my own newspaper. So, like, this has been, like, my jam for so long. Like, like print media has been my jam since back when print media was profitable. Um, so, yeah, it gives me a lot of, a hell of a lot of pleasure. So if it didn't run so deep within me, this urge to make a physical magazine, I would have definitely jettisoned it. The love of, like, creating this, you know, I'm going to say beautifully curated thing that is just brightly coloured and I give it to people and they really enjoy it and they tell me that they love it and... Um, you know, I get to write about beer and learn about beer and visit breweries and kind of, yeah, get to travel around usually <laughs> and find out about beer around the world. Like, it's really cool. So that's why I put up with all the other stuff. Can I ask, if it wasn't beer, what would you be writing about? Well, before I started Frost, I was just like, my first idea was just like, I just really want to start a magazine. So my other thoughts were about lost dogs, like a magazine about lost dogs. Because <laughs> I'd, I'd adopted Alfie, who's sitting next to me right now, making little cute snuffly noises. And whenever you go to the park with a rescue dog or any dog um, and you chat with other people at the park and everyone talks about their, the dog's funny little quirks and, yeah, I was just – it's something I – and really, I think it's really cool. So, but then I was like, I don't know how to distribute this. Like, take it to the park and just drop it. Um, <laughs> was was that aimed at dogs to read or no <laughs> human humans to read to their dogs? <laughs> it would just be like different dog pee on every page, and they could smell it. Um, no, yeah, it was going to be about for like dog crazy humans to read, which I think is a very viable. That could actually be a magazine that makes money because the amount of money that people spend on their dogs um is a lot so maybe i should do that <laughs> uh, maybe you can start maybe you can do a little bit of uh, a paragraph or two in froth magazine <laughs> just a little lost dog section there's enough breweries called after dogs as well so yeah. you've got tie in there you know there's a lot of crossover um, actually we've done an article once on um brewery dogs like all the dogs owned by brewers that you see them just kind of oh, yeah, hanging yeah. out at the brewery. And there's definite like use of um, a lot of dogs on social media to uh, to sell beer as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. All you right. Know. Launching soon. The Lost Dogs <laughs> maybe, magazine. <laughs> maybe we should take this uh, idea off mic before anyone steals <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Emily, it's been really pleasant to find out that frost magazine is still thriving it still has a heart still going now because pubs are closed etc where can people get froth magazine can we still get it in if we visit our venues uh drop in or or we best subscribing directly can we get it posted you can definitely subscribe um at frostbeer.com slash subscribe um five dollars a month we'll send it straight to your house you don't have to worry about it um we are also available in 
many venues around Australia. Um, Hops to Home beer boxes have recently started putting froth in their beer boxes. Um, Celebrations just started advertising with us. So froth is now in about 80 celebration stores around Victoria, which is really cool. Um, I should have a list of all the venues that we go to, but I don't. So basically go to your closest bottle shop and say, hey, you guys should really subscribe to Froth and then you can get your your local to sign up and then just go in there and get one. Sounds brilliant. I think <laughs> um, I'm certainly looking forward to September's edition and you'll send it nationwide as well. So if you're not in, uh, in yes. Victoria, then you can yeah. certainly still get relevant content um, Froth. And I must say, that back to the point that I, I've got a draw just just by me now which has got lots of editions of froth magazine and it is very satisfying just to even just to look at the front covers again and revisit it's like a (laughs) it's such a nice kind of memory vault it's a bit of a time capsule isn't it looking back at the themes and like what we were drinking three years ago so yeah also to kind of because the industry moves so quickly yeah to look back at some of the designs or mm. uh, that type of thing or the attitudes to certain things is is quite amusing more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll get there. But thanks so much, Emily. No and worries, um, thank you. I'm sure we'll speak soon. And thanks for giving us a, an, an update. Cool. Uh, well, thank you so much. And um, yeah, I really appreciate it. It's nice to communicate with another human. And thanks for letting me talk about my frothy baby. And... Hopefully soon we can cheers a glass in the real world together. Yeah, or at least a mug of tea. And if <laughs> um, if there's anyone out there who'd like to advertise with Froth or uh, support Emily, please me uh, do. I'm, it's a very I'm worthy sitting course. by the phone waiting for your call. <laughs> All right, thank you. Take care. So that was it. Emily Day, Froth Magazine. I think you know what to do. Look in the show notes, subscribe to Froth Magazine wherever you are in Australia. If you're overseas, perhaps Emily will mail it to you overseas. I'm sure there could be some arrangements. I don't want to land Emily in it, but perhaps, you know, if you're willing to pay the postage, you can get this high quality, beautiful magazine uh, over to you wherever you are in the world. I think having a magazine like Froth is so important to the fabric of the beer community to have a platform which really celebrates the community, the positive aspects of craft beer and ties it all in together and is also free. I mean, the fact that I've been in bars and pubs where people who are not necessarily interested in craft beer, but they've picked up this magazine and flicking through it because it's free and it's available and it's there and it's better than looking at your phone. And what message that sends to them is that there's a scene that they might not be aware of, that there's choice and there's people behind these stories and there's colour and there's passion and there's a sense of excitement around the craft beer scene that hopefully they'll decide to be a part of. And on a completely different topic, back in April 2020, I came up with a concept and an idea for a show that we could put out on Beer Together. 
which would provide a bit of escapism. It is called Have a Beer Guest of the Year. We thought we'd make it for one or two weeks with my good friend and professional comedian Nick Kappa, but it turns out we have never stopped making it. Every week we've um, been making the YouTube live stream Have a Beer Guest of the Year on the Beer Together channel. You can watch retrospective episodes, but you can join us, uh, join in with the chat. It's a whole heap of fun. One of us uh, will research a year, fire a lot of information and events that happened in a particular year. You can play along at home, and then by the end of the episode, the other person has to guess what year it was. So we would love you to join in. Thank you so much for listening to the Chosen Brew Beer Podcast. Please take the time to leave a review on whichever platform you get your podcast. I'm not sure how it works. Apparently it helps. Look, more than anything, when I get an email through or a nice review, it just gives me a little bit more motivation to carry on with the episodes and uh, warms my heart. So... If we take out any algorithms or iTunes charts and all the nonsense, I don't really care about that. But what I do care about is whether you enjoy the show. And I'd love to hear from you. And I'll catch you next time for another episode of The Chosen Brew. Cheers.